0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The dream is made real. Ricky Harris
1: rocks the world. How do you
0: like it? How do you like it? wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Welcome back to BTR Boxing Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sean. And this episode is with Kieran Geffin, current professional fighter, but now he's ventured into the world of promoting, of managing, of putting on shows in his hometown of Abergavenne and going to fellow towns and cities within Wales to try and bring more boxing to the circuit. This conversation is going to entail... Kieran, telling us all about his professional career, his goals and ambitions, and how he manages to juggle so many things at once. We'll also get to hear about what other projects he is involved in, and that includes trying to help those that are in need. So I really hope you enjoy this episode with Kieran Gethin. Kieran, welcome to the BTR Boxing Podcast Network. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, this is going to be really interesting to have you on this show because... You know, I've followed your career for quite some time. I'm aware of what you've done inside of a boxing ring but I wasn't really too privy about what you've been doing outside of the boxing ring and I think that's where people listening to this show are going to get a real insight into how busy your life is but how how good and, and the good things that you're doing uh, outside of the boxing ring to make an impact within the sport. So welcome to the show, thank you for coming on and I'm looking forward to hearing more about what you're up
1: to. Thank you very much and uh, I'm looking forward to the conversation and I'm really grateful for the opportunity as well. So we've got to at least talk about your boxing career a
0: little bit because you are still a professional boxer. You are still grinding the gears and you're still trying to go through the motions and the difficulties of the training and the ticket selling and everything else that comes with that. Uh, Now, obviously, I've, like I said, I've been watching your career for some time. I've seen some of your most notable fights. Um, But what I'm really interested in is I've never heard your story about how you actually come into this sport and and how that journey's progressed. So where did this all begin for
1: you? Yeah, um, boxing's been in my family for about five generations. Um, My great-grandfather was a professional. My grandfather was a champion of the army. My father was a uh, well, I'm a champion and a professional, and obviously myself as well. And uh, my, my second cousin, who's a generation below me, is an obvious champion too. So it is uh, boxio enigwaite, and it means boxing in the blood. I was going to say,
0: you know, that's just uh, something that was destined to happen, weren't it, for you? Uh, yeah. like... And pre- it was pres- like, was there any pressure on you to actually become a boxer?
1: Did you feel any pressure? <laughs> no I not really i uh I didn't like boxing when I first started going my dad would take me when I was a dut uh, five five or six he'd take me to the gym and I was a podgy little kid and no good at sports days myself um one till uh, my brother asked me to go with him to a boxing gym that uh, I started going my younger brother and then uh, I stuck with it and he didn't.
0: What, what was it like going through the transitions And Because for anybody that doesn't know what it's like behind the scenes, you, you obviously have different levels in which you go through to get to the level that you're at now. And, you know, a lot of people, when they start off young, they, they do what's known as skills bouts, uh, and then they move sort of into the, the amateurs as, as a youngster, and then it starts to progress, uh, so on and so forth throughout the years. So so what was that like for you?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um... I mean, when you talk about pressure, there was pressure at the start, obviously, to perform. Not so much to be a boxer, but to perform. And uh, I ended up winning a Welsh title in my first fight. So I used to high boxing at a higher level right away from the start. Um, I ended up captaining Wales and traveling all over Europe and boxing in international tournaments and medaled at one or two of them. And yeah, I had a really enjoyable time in Amsterdam. It was probably the best time I had. in in boxing um, my amateur days I loved it
0: what was the transition like then going professional was it just natural was it something you always envisioned you wanted to do
1: yeah I think it was something expected of me towards the end of my amateur career Um, I could have maybe hung on a couple more years and maybe done a little bit better possibly gone doing a a Commonwealth but um, I'm very impatient by uh, by nature so I, uh, I, I jumped on the um, professional bandwagon and yeah um, I didn't turn over with the best team but I was very opinionated and I didn't want anyone really taking um, taking charge of what I wanted to do and um, a couple of my decisions led to adverse results at the start but I'm not doing too bad now.
0: Yeah yeah I was going to mention that obviously it was a it was a difficult start wasn't it to say the least um and, and and it's obviously explained by by how you've mentioned that, and and you're very self-aware in the fact that you've admitted, you know, there was there was differences going on at that time in your life, and, and and as then time's gone on, things have started to improve over the course of the years, and and you know, like eventually you've then got into these these really really big fights, especially in Wales, you know, these domestic rivalries that have have really started to sort of elevate your profile as a fighter, and and I think that's what's that's what's really brought a lot of attention sort of onto you, uh, not just in Wales, but obviously in the in the UK as a whole. Um, but talk about the other side of things then outside of the ring. Like we, we mentioned it at the start of the episode about like other things that you're up to. You're doing a lot of stuff, but we haven't really mentioned what it actually is that you're up to. So I'm really intrigued to to sort of hear how you've then started to get into the other side of the sport of boxing.
1: Yeah, so um okay. when I was twenty five I wrote a book called Insight and um it is what it says, it's supposed to be an insight into being you know, boxing uh, my career, anecdotes and things that have happened um throughout my career. And towards the end of that book I ended up writing a diary before the Jeff O'Forey fight, which at the start of the month I was supposed to be on like a build up show in Cardiff. By the end of the month I'm headlined this guy's sports show. Um so that was a really Interesting part of it, and then following in from that, I had to have two years out. um, I had some big fight offers uh, to do through COVID, but I had a big operation on my elbow, and um, I started running a. Well, I I had started running a business, a construction company, and then throughout the two years, it built up and built up, and then um, when I was doing doing that sort of management side of a of a company. Made me realize I probably got some skills to offer um, through that side of boxing as well, understanding business a little bit better. I understand the business side of boxing too. So um, Mo Pryor has always been supportive of my career and um, helped me win titles and whatnot, going all the way back to my first first um, title win. So I uh, I ended up signing with Mo and um, helping him or sort of with visions of uh, how events are being planned and um ad- advising some other boxers and stuff as well so that we we I'm stepping into promotion management side too and uh, it's been very exciting so far must be an eye opener though for you we really
0: must be an eye opener to see yeah. what the sport is like on the other side of the ropes in comparison because guys just get into it don't they and and a lot of people will just They'll go through the course of a career, then they may stay in boxing, they may become a trainer, they may open a gym, they may go down down that particular route. And that's kind of what people, the stereotype seems to be with people that, that are professionals, they'll end up going down that route. But there's, there's only sort of a select few that will eventually then decide, actually, I'm more interested in the business side of the sport. And actually, I've got something to offer this business side of the sport that I can pass on to, to other professionals and other youngsters coming through. What what was that f- for you? What was it that sort of really brought you into the business side as opposed to maybe just going directly down the
1: stereotype route? Well, you talk about opening gyms and stuff. I actually have opened a gym. I've got a uh, an amateur boxing club in Abergavenny that um, that I opened uh, just over a year back. And that's gone fantastic. And part of that me wanting to uh, go into sort of the business side of it is to, to bring professional boxing to Abergavenny. Um, which is my hometown and a town I love and uh, what 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 I've done since um, opening the club has sort of been in aid of more boxing in the town uh, and I've brought two professional shows here um, I've helped out one in Tlenesley uh, we're doing one in Cardiff in September North Wales we're hoping to bring one up there and then another one in Tlenesley before the end of the year but the, the actual transition from boxing to the business was quite smooth for me. It, it, you say an eye opener. I think a lot of boxers have to be naive to not understand the business when they first start, to be honest with you. It was from the from the beginning. If you get uh, if you get asked to sell tickets for someone else's show, uh, already the alarm bells are ringing saying, Well, it doesn't seem like the promoters doing their, their job their job too much to be honest. Um which is why I like fighting and and being part of the promotions because I'm selling tickets anyway. So I might as well organise an ambulance and be done with the rest of it as well. What's it like
0: now being on, on that side of the ropes as well as still being a professional? Do you find difficulties and challenges that you face with, with different elements? Surely you must because you've got to try and train fit training into your daily routine as well as then obviously deal with the organization side of being able to put a show on and, and being able to do the things that you have to do and, and also there's always, always challenges with the promotion as, as you probably have already faced where some, <laughs> fight, some fights maybe don't come off some fighters decide they don't want to fight some just various different things that I've experienced being around other promoters in the northwest
1: where things just don't always quite go to plan yeah, there's, there's obviously challenges like that, you know, but shit happens. It's, uh, uh, I'd love to say how difficult it is how amazing I am to be able to do it all and juggle everything all at once, but it really isn't as hard as it seems. I, uh, I got a lot of help. Um, we, we've got a lot of experience and <clears throat> I'm, I'm very grateful to everyone that makes, everything's so easy for me. I, uh, I do concentrate a lot on the fight, but having the event to think about as well does take a bit of pressure off, really, because I'm thinking that's actually the thing that's got to go well. As long as I've done the training, I'll get in the ring and I'll do what I do. Um, there, there hasn't been many fights ever that I've that I've walked into the ring or walked out of the ring and thought oh, I've definitely lost that. Um, there's always the the the. Bit of doubt, especially through my pro career. Uh, this, pretty much every decision could have gone my way. Um, so I, I've never been disappointed. I've never really let myself down in that stance. Um, and as long as the events go well, the ones that I'm boxing on are great. And even the ones that I haven't boxed on, I've I've jumped on the commentary. I've tried to help the, the things go along like that. And I just want to give platform to how to amazing the talent is. And as you say, that I've Built up sort of domestic rivalries and through Wales, and that's because I believe that there's there's genuine talent here. I don't need to pay five grand for a, an English valet to come come over. I'd rather uh, a, a Welshman. I'd rather give him that money and and him bring a load of ticket sales with him as well. <laughs> Do you know
0: what I mean? And that's, that's one of the big things, isn't it, for you at the moment is it's about bringing uh, the, the, the youth and the prospects uh, of Welsh boxing through to allow them those opportunities like you've exactly just said, rather than paying for either an English, Scottish or a European opponent to come over to Wales and fight on them shows, you can actually get a talented Welsh fighter. And, and it's not just that as well, is it? You can... You could do the matchmaking and you can make guys that are quite talented against one another rather than completely padding out a fighter's record and, and put more competitive fights on. Because what, why are people going to come to the show if it's just going to be prospect versus journeyman every single show? Like Eventually people are going to struggle to start to pay £40, 50 60 £70 pounds to, to come and watch these guys when they kind of know the eventual outcome uh, of the fight. What people want to see is is, is really well competitive, really match cards, and they want to see guys that are talented come through. They want to see them get their experiences, and 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 you want to bring that to different parts of Wales. You mentioned obviously your hometown Abergevine. Uh, I recently saw obviously uh, Llanelli as well was uh, was one particular place that boxing was brought back to, uh, and and it was really good to see all that sort of stuff happening. So you seem to be really enthused about the fact that you were a big part of this as well now.
1: Yeah, um, you talk about competitive fights, the two of the sort of build-up shows that we've had, um, have had two of the best four-round bouts that I, was, I think I've ever seen on there. Uh, anyone that's listening and wants to watch a good two good, excellent scraps, uh, Ethan George um, in Abergavenny, and Angela Dugoni versus Philip Price in Sanessi, just Absolute wars, and they were, you know, people are uh, slagging the card off a couple of days before, saying, "Oh, there's only five fights. There's only four fights. There's, uh, there, they're all all gimmies and they're absolutely not gimmies at all." You know what I mean? They're they're perfectly perfectly matched fights, and I'll take the credit on both of them because it was part of matching them. Um, so we we uh we we want we want everyone to enjoy our cards. We want um through a. a YouTube channel I've got boxing in Wales is I've set a production company up and we work with guys like KOTV and some some of the well-established um boxing uh, comment commentators or producers in the country and uh, we we're, we're trying to get film footage all the way from amateur shows where we've um we've been we're doing a um a YouTube show with Dewey Powell and Richie Garner the, the, the presenters on it. Where they um, break down some some of the amateur um, fights that are going on and the tournaments that we've ended that that have been going on, and uh, just putting a lot of footage out there for for people to watch people's careers from the very start up until hopefully when they turn over pro, um, and yeah we've had like Brandon Scott was boxed on one of our uh, recordings and he's this like the second most searched person on there um which is quite disappointing considering I thought I would be <laughs> a top one but yeah um yeah it's just all positive and I am very Welsh centric and want my country to show exactly what we can do just by ourselves it's good
0: that you've got this infrastructure uh, that's in place now uh, because I know a lot of the changes that have happened uh, even since I've been involved in boxing media I've been involved since around 2016 and even the changes that have happened in six, seven years' time has been quite significant. You know, a lot of a lot of local promotions now are getting to the point where they're able to, like you say, to film the shows, produce the shows, be able to display the shows. Whereas if you think back ten years before, from where we are now, you you wouldn't see any of these four round fights at all. Two, it, nothing. Two players. Uh, there was only two players then, didn't
1: um, Exactly. And now this, this is a hundred and two. So. <laughs> we just gotta make sure we're putting the quality on that uh, people view us and I think they are enjoying it. Yeah, it
0: seems to be I seem to get the perception from, from a lot of people that I, I see on social media that, you know, they're really enjoying this this rise within Welsh boxing, not just the amateur side, the professional side and, and seeing seeing these guys like you mentioned, Brandon obviously he's 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 doing his thing, you know, he's he's sort of crossing over uh, into the into the mainstream, as they call it, and and people are starting to pick pick him up. But that's not a bad thing because when someone like that comes through, some sort of character comes through in the sport. It brings more attention to to those that are around him, and and then when they learn about people's backstories, they start to understand like where it's all come from, and and it takes a genuine interest. And I think what you're doing is 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 really going to be pivotal over the next five years as to where boxing in Wales actually goes and it's interesting what plans you've got for it but I'd want to know like where would you want to see things in 5 years what what's what's your personal vision for not just what you are doing but what what you're looking for in the
1: future yeah i um I, i'll be open about it my my aim is to get boxing on the BBC Wales um regularly because even if they don't fucking pay us i'd rather I'd rather the boys get the coverage I honestly couldn't give a fuck about the money It is it is purely about Elevating And um, showing what we, we, we're Capable of Five years time if I'm regularly Part of promotions North, south, east and west Wales We can do two a year in each area Or three a year in each area And get those fights televised uh, On BBC um, Or even have some of the shows televised on there And then the rest of them come on to Boxing in Wales, that's great. And um, going forward, working with the WABA, we've given out over 100 tickets to the Amateur Boxing Association in Wales for um, for our last few shows, and every single one of them has gone, so there's obviously interest there. I want a continuity between amateur and professional, not, uh, not a, um, the displacement there is now. And uh, I can't think of a time there's been more Welsh boxers on the GB squad, um which is, is says so much for our talent pool uh four British champions again um I'm got in the professionals at the minute um and I I can I can genuinely see it being five if if uh Gwyn holds on to it for a little bit longer after his European win um we're just we're going from strength to strength we're a, we're an entity of our own and um yeah with uh, with what I'm doing with Boxing and Wales I'd love for it to be. You can see people win a senior title in twenty twenty four. Where we are, we are next year, and then in five years' time, uh, you'll see him win British Commonwealth titles on uh, on the same channel. Uh, how amazing that's that's going to be for for everyone who wants to get inspired by boxers and, like you say, watch the backstory and and build up from there yeah it really is it's exciting
0: there's a lot of work that's going to go into it and there's a lot of things behind the scenes that people will not really fully appreciate and this is why we do podcasts this is why we do interviews it's it's to really get to know and understand what's going on behind the scenes so that you can really appreciate it and you know just fans in general need to hear it they need to understand like the intricacies of of these details so they can understand like how difficult it seems and I think with what you're doing at the moment, it's it's really good that it's starting to really take off and it's exciting to see through social media, through, through fellow fellow we- Welsh fighters and promoters that, that I follow, that I see and I see all this stuff happening and it's genuinely exciting and I'm genuinely excited for the boxers coming through that they're going to get the opportunities that other fighters will not have had. You know, that started a bit sooner, so it's, I, it's, it's I, good.
1: I didn't have... I didn't have this chance. The reason I boxed in England my first two fights, bullshit decisions, like I said, but the reason I had to box over there and not in Wales is because I didn't have anyone putting shows on like like I am. I will work with any manager. My next show is, or or our next show is, uh, Eaton, Saragar, Barrett, uh, Stalker, Garner, Pryor. There's six managers there also the top of my head that I can can mention, as well as the opponent's marriages and stuff. Um, who who in in Welsh boxing history or even British history is dealing with that many managers and happy to have them on from all walks. No one. I I said it before. I've not been in the this side of the game long enough to make enemies yet. I don't think. But I at the same time I don't think I need to. Um, I'm perfectly happy to give someone an opportunity. Look at Sean Yaxley come to my hometown, ruin my fucking party. I'm still happy to go up and promote him up in North Wales as well. Um it's it it's business in the end of the day and it's the sport. We had we had a fantastic fight. Um, I thought I got it, but you know, he uh, the judges thought that he was doing the job. We're gonna go up North Wales and hopefully do a rematch. And if it doesn't if he isn't up for the rematch, I've got two or three guys ready to ready to sort of jump in my spot there. So his um his only positives coming from from what what I wanna do and uh, um, yeah it's, it's great going forward yeah it's really exciting I'm genuinely
0: sort of looking forward to the progression and, and seeing where it ends up in in the next few years but this is not the only thing that you've been doing there's another there's another project uh, that you're involved in that I, I think really people need to hear about it's it's so important and and it's aside from boxing and it you take boxing out of the equation for for just five minutes and Talk about the, the, the foundation that you're involved in and what that's doing for children within Wales and, and why it's come about uh, and what the purposes of this are. Yeah,
1: so it's called the Mehedi Busfia Foundation. He's a Moroccan-American uh, that uh, sort of found out about my pro- my career over here and wanted to support him with some online coaching initially um help me because I've got a disability, help me um sort of give me the education on uh different exercises I can do with um to support my 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 condition. But from there um me and Matt uh I call him Matt we we were talking and he he, he told me about his foundation, the the MBF charity. If you want if anyone wanted to have a Google and have a look at what they do. And what they've done previously is uh support um the support disaster relief basically and um the, uh, the, the children in Ukraine for example people over in Turkey after they had the the bad earthquake they, he's, he's he's helping things all over and he really wanted to um support uh children in Wales and because he read about sort of the the uh, the the poverty that uh, kids in in my area even are in, and I actually live in quite an affluent area, but uh, 10, 10 minutes down the road, these kids are uh, eating off food banks. Um, and with the initially through the boxing, he's going to be um, supporting forty kids between us in Abergavenny and the sister Jim. We have in Monmouth uh, 40, 40 children. He's he's put two months of of gym fees for them to come and train for nothing that's that's a lot of money that he's, he's, he's input straight away um, and well, what we want to do is get uh, seminars on with the way they educate kids about nutrition because a lot of kids not eating properly and maybe um, maybe we can find ways to help them eat more uh, inexpensively and better uh, and to educate them on how they can progress throughout the rest of their lives as well um, you know, socially being part of a, a boxing gym is very, very good because you, you build relationships and links that last forever. Um, but that that also goes for, uh, you know, all sports as well. We've got a vision of building a sporting festival in, um, in Monmouth, Monmouth Shire, sorry, where every sport is going to be part of it. And uh, the MBF charity um, will be a massive part of that. And any kind of, you know, donations you can make would be great but also just reading up and spreading a word about it is, um, is fantastic. So anyone that can uh, have a look at the MBF charity, um, no Welsh child left behind is the initiative, um, the hashtag that we use. And yes, um, it's just, it's fantastic that a, uh, an African American from, uh, the, from, uh, you know, thousands of miles away has popped up and as supporting at least 40 kids so far to, to, try and start a career because we all know how um, well trodden the path is from poverty to um, to kingship in boxing and um, you know who's to say one or two of the, the the children he's helping doesn't doesn't tread that path themselves.
0: Yeah exactly it's really good it's a really good cause and I think people do need to to be aware of it because unfortunately the society and the world that we do live in in this current state and the after effects of of COVID-19 and, and another cost of living crisis that are going on at the moment it's making life really difficult for some people and it really does make you uh, as an individual and I know it certainly makes me as a human being really put things into perspective about my life and where I'm at and, and and how difficult it must be for others and in if there's a way in which people can help and support then then that's fantastic and it's really good to hear um, that you're involved in something like that as well. And that, that, that's going to be a really big help for a lot of people in the future. And basically, even just as, as trivial as, as what they eat and how they eat could be an absolute massive impact on their life in the future. So it is, it's really good that you've, you've got that as well. Uh, the only thing we've not really talked about um, is your boxing career. I mean, we've mentioned it. We've alluded to it. We've mentioned a couple of things with regards to it. But you are still boxing. And I'm really intrigued to know uh, what your goals are at this stage and and you're still young, you're still what only 29 years of age, you've got a lot going on, you've got a lot of plates spinning at the moment but focusing on your boxing career in particular what are your ambitions now at this stage for your boxing career do you have a certain ambition, a certain goal that you want to reach with your career now? Look
1: how excited I am thinking about this. it's but honest to God, the next three fights, if they if I put the plates up in the air, they come off over the next three months. Three fights in three months. And that's fucking busy boy. If these fights come off, I will go down in history mate. They are amazing. I cannot wait to tell you about them. I can't share a word about them yet. Um the one I'm I not convinced is gonna come off, in all honesty. But we'll find out uh, tomorrow if it does. And then I'll be able to announce it then too. Um, fingers crossed that's going to be uh, um, one that I uh, we get to to announce tomorrow But um, then October I am looking at the Yaks TV match I can talk about that one I'm, I've made um, we made offers for that so that that, it, that is one that I really want and yeah if that one does or doesn't come off to be honest with you there's one in November that everyone is going to be up in up in and about and uh, yeah it's the we just got I I just got major major fights planned. Um I I'd love to get to a point where I could win an international title, um, uh, because that was what I sort of set my mind on when I turned pro. Um, I think I'm good enough to do that. Um but yeah, Celtic title is gonna be the immediate um immediate aim now, obviously trying to get that back. Uh or we'll get that from um Mr Mr. Sean Yaxley. And then after that, this the, the international titles are my aim. I don't think I've got more than eighteen months left in the sport myself. Um don't think my wife could take it. I'm waiting on my fourth child now, so uh she doesn't want uh she doesn't wanna to have to deal with all the stress of a camp around those those uh, little critters running around. But um I've got a little bit of time left. So I uh I just wanna have big nights. Just want to have big nights and enjoyable times and hopefully win that international belt that i think i'm good enough to do so there's going to be a lot to cram in in 18 months isn't there
0: a lot to cram in uh well with with these potential fights though with these potential fights that are coming up at the point that people maybe listen to this conversation maybe one of them will have been announced the one that you was referring to at the start there so it'll be really exciting when it does get announced and and people then can start having conversations over that. And then, obviously, you mentioned fighting Sean Yaxley again, and then there's another potential fight later in the year. You've got so much to try and cram in whilst trying to do everything else that we've spoke about over the course of this conversation. So it's going to be a really, really busy couple of years for you, Um, especially with your boxing career in in full flow and, and, and big fights on the horizon. Uh, and it's very exciting. It really is exciting that you've got to a stage of your life and career where you've got all this positive stuff going on. And honestly, if you look back from the start now, could you ever really envision this is where you'd be at this point?
1: Not not all at the same time. I did definitely wanted to do it all, but not all at the same time. But uh, you know, I, I, I won a national title. I won a fight of the year. um, <laughs> Audits and awards actually mean a lot to me. Um, it's recognition and validation for everything that I've worked at. Um, but, you know, in between all that, I'm still uh, working in mental health. I'm a healthcare assistant and um, occupational therapist assistant as well. So I I, I do all, all of this alongside a, a job too. And, you know, it's, um, it is a very busy time, but keeps keeps me hopefully looking fairly youthful. <laughs> yes yes absolutely let's come back in another
0: five years and see where we're at then and then uh, what? maybe we'll, <laughs> maybe we'll see uh how youthful you're still looking then with the stresses <laughs> the stresses <laughs> strains and the challenges of uh boxing a boxing career promoting managing uh having an amateur gym obviously the foundation helping kids out in need there's going to be uh, a lot going on for you over the next couple of years and it's genuinely Um, exciting to sit back and watch from afar as to what's going on and how that's progressing and I'm sure there'll be many that are listening to this and going how the bloody hell is he doing this and and how's he going to manage it but hopefully like for people listening I hope you guys listening can, can go and look at what Kieran's doing and take more interest in it and I know a lot of people that will listen to this will be from your neck of the woods and will be from Wales and will be really appreciating everything that you're doing at the moment for the community and people around you so you know it's really good that you've you've come on and you've you've expressed that and you've talked about it and you've sort of looked at what potential future things are going to happen. So I hope people really get on board and and support you as a as an individual as well and and give you that sort of backing and support uh, to help you get to that level in all these different challenges that you face.
1: Diachmos.
0: Garen, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's Kieran Gething. He's got so much going on in his life at the moment. So many challenges that lie ahead of him, not only in his professional boxing career, but outside of the ring, helping out as a promoter and a manager and being a part of a really good cause in the foundation. And I'm really pleased that we've had the opportunity to hear more about that in this episode. Now, if you've enjoyed the episode, please let us know on social media at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and YouTube and TikTok. Please make sure you like and share. And if you've not already subscribed to the feed, you can do so on Apple or Spotify or any available podcasting app out there. That is it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to the BTR Boxing Podcast Network. The world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger you and I'd you
1: kick your ass. It's over! Mia, he's done it!
0: Podcast Network.